Welcome. You're listening to Janesville Mobilizing for Changes Together for Change podcast. Your source for local substance abuse prevention matters in Janesville and Rock County. Here's your host, Aaron Davis. Good morning and thank you for joining us. This is Aaron Davis, your host for Together for Change. Today we have with us Zandi Finn, a project coordinator for Janesville Mobilizing for Change. Welcome, Zandi. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. How are you today? Good, how are you? Good. So, Zandi, can you tell us what a project coordinator does for JM4C? What is it that you do? Um, as a project coordinator for Janesville Mobilizing for Change, I get to do a lot of work in the communities and at the school, so I really get to be involved in what's going on. That sounds like a lot of fun. It can be. I really enjoy it. What is your favorite thing? Um, right now, I'd probably say that my favorite thing is the post-prom activity that we've done the last two years. Um, we did one for Craig and one for Parker last year. And what makes it so fun? I think getting the kids involved and excited about a safe alternative to after prom is really exciting. So you put the mobilizing and mobilizing. Oh, we do. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to talk today about underage drinking and alcohol use among our youth. What does alcohol use look like among the youth in Janesville? Are a lot of kids drinking? There is um, a youth behavior survey that we take every year in the middle schools and high schools. So youth do report that about 11% of 8th graders have drank in the last 30 days, 14% of 9th graders, and roughly 20% of 9th grade, or I'm sorry, 11th graders. So they are drinking, unfortunately, but okay. probably not as at as a high, ri- high rate as we tend to think. So what is it that the kids think is happening? The kids think and report that they believe 8 out of 10 kids are drinking regularly. And instead, 8 out of 10 kids are not drinking. Right, exactly. So they kind of have it flip-flopped based on what the data is showing versus what they're reporting. So what else do you know about the kids' drinking behaviors? Where do they drink? How do they get their alcohol? The kids are reporting that they're getting their alcohol from social sources, so from parents or parents' fridges, older siblings, friends' houses. So they're gaining access to alcohol really easily, a lot more easily than I would have thought before gathering information. So the kids aren't going to the store and buying their alcohol there? No, not necessarily. They're much uh, more likely to get their alcohol from a parent's fridge. Why do you think that is? I think that it's easy. You know, we have our fridges are where people tend to keep alcohol, be it in your house or garage or basement fridge. They just have access to it. And why isn't it easy to get it from the store? The stores, obviously, there's a higher risk with being carded or, you know, they could get in trouble for trying to buy alcohol if they're underage at the stores. So um, we really, it's much easier for them to just go to an unattended fridge. And does JM4C do anything with the stores to help them keep from selling alcohol to minors? Yes, we do. We actually do alcohol compliance checks um, where we take minors and police officers to all of the liquor establishments or places that sell alcohol and send an underager in there to help 
notify you know or recognize if there's a problem with a place that's selling to underagers and help correct those issues if need be. If parents are supplying their kids with alcohol or if they're providing them with a place to drink, do you think that they don't recognize the danger in youth drinking? I mean, why is it dangerous for kids to drink? It is dangerous for our kids and teens to drink because the brain doesn't stop developing until we're into our mid-20s. Drinking at a younger age also puts our kids at a higher risk of depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, and I do think that parents can overlook how dangerous youth alcohol use can be. Um, It also puts them in situations where they could make life-altering decisions that they wouldn't otherwise have made. So when you talk about the brain development, why is that significant when you talk about youth drinking? Well, when your brain's not fully developed, there's just a number of ways that introducing any kind of substance, including alcohol, could alter that development. So um, we might not be able to see those effects right away, but we just never know what that's going to look like later in life. Um, It could just really interfere with the development that's going on. Thank you, Zandi. I appreciate that information. We are going to take a quick break to hear from Sheriff Knutson about the social host ordinance. And then we'll be back so Zandi can tell us more about what JM4C does to reduce and prevent underage drinking here in Janesville. Underage drinking is against the law. Hello, this is Rock County Sheriff Troy Knutson. Under Wisconsin state law, it is illegal for adults to provide a location for underage drinking parties, even in their own home. The first violation will cost you more than $450. Don't worry about being the popular parent. Be the responsible one. Those who host lose the most. This message brought to you by the Rock County Prevention Network. So it sounds to me like social hosting of an underage drinking party isn't something that I would like to do. No, I would not suggest doing that. You can get in a lot of trouble and cost you a lot of money. Yeah, it sounds like (laughs) it. That's not exactly how I'd like to spend my money. No, me neither. (laughs) So, Zandi, what are the strategies and activities you use to reduce this here? So, Janesville Mobilizing for Change actually does a ton in the community and kind of behind the scenes in order to address this issue. One of the things that we do um, is a social social norm, I'm sorry, campaign with the schools. So, Like we talked about earlier, kids tend to think that kids are drinking at a much higher rate than they actually are, and those numbers are almost flip-flopped, like we talked about. So what does that do? If the kids think that more kids are drinking, what does that do to their perception of whether they should be drinking or whether they shouldn't be drinking? Well, being a teenager, we tend to want to do what we think everybody else is doing, so it puts them at a much higher risk for youth, for underage drinking, If they believe that 8 out of 10 kids are drinking, then they think that that's a lot of pressure on them to think they should be drinking. So that on its own is kind of a peer pressure. Absolutely. Just that perception is a peer pressure, even though it's not an accurate depiction of what's going on. So how do you tell the kids that their classmates are not drinking? So we can work through, we have youth to youth and um, youth to youth groups in the high schools and We've made posters and put information up on the walls at the schools that, you know, eight out of ten kids are choosing not to drink. So that, and kind of plaster those all over where our youth are um, in the schools or in the community. It can be done several different ways so that they're constantly seeing that message that 
eight out of ten eight out of ten kids are actually choosing not to drink, not to drink. It's I think really cool that you guys are framing it that way. Yes, it's and it's a lot of fun too. And it's a good discussion point. So you mentioned youth to youth groups. What is that? So youth to youth groups are in the high school and we have what's called Nike in the middle schools. Um, we meet with a group of kids from each of the schools on a weekly basis, along with a um, advisor from Youth to Youth for Change in Rock County, another amazing prevention coalition in the Rock County area. And we work on, in the Nike groups, we work on um, education around nicotine and the dangers of nicotine. And then in the Youth to Youth groups, we they present to the middle schoolers about the dangers of nicotine and um, now we're talking about the dangers of vaping as well. And the Nike kids actually get to go into the elementary school. So it's a youth-led educational opportunity to talk about the dangers of nicotine and other drugs. Why are you using youth to give these presentations? Why aren't you going into the schools? Because kids don't want to listen to us all the time. <laughs> as, <laughs> as an adult, they hear, you know, they kind of hear us and, okay, they take what they want and leave what they want. When they're hearing from a peer or another youth, they are much more likely to engage in the conversation and listen to what they have to say and let it resonate a little bit longer. I guess that makes a lot of sense. My kids don't like to listen to me. Yeah, mine don't either. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so it's a really neat way to help educate the younger kids. So do you have any other big strategies that you use? Yeah, so we also do um, peer-to-peer role modeling, and we do we promote the social, the statewide social host laws, and share consequences about what that means. So, kind of like the ad that you heard about parents who host lose the most, we help with those the community awareness piece of that. Um, we also do a program called Teen Intervene, which is a screening brief intervention and referral service for kids that are using substances. We support the P3 tips for the Janesville Police Department. And what is P3 tips? Can you tell me about that? So the P3 tips are, it's an app where you can um, send in tips about crimes or things that are going on in the neighborhood with anonymously, so without being noted, known And it's a way for people to report what's going on without having to call the police department. And can the kids use this too? Absolutely. They have signs in the high schools to notify the kids. And there is also an incentive to do so in some cases. So they have information about that at the schools too. So if I'm worried, or if let's say my child is worried that there's going to be an underage drinking party that their friends are going to and that it might be really unsafe, they could just open this app and send in the information yep they could just report it through the app and not have to really not have to talk to anybody or have anybody know who sent that information in that sounds really neat that it's a really good option for kids because there's a lot of pressure again around you know who told and you know people getting in trouble and a lot of worry about that so it's a good way to remove some of that pressure So one of the things that I've been hearing about lately is something called Prevention in the Park. Yes, so Prevention in the Park has been made possible through um, a grant that we received from United Way, and we are 
doing substance-free activities in the Fourth Ward Park area. And we it's just free, fun, family-friendly activities. We've had three so far, so, and it's going really well. And so what's going on for October? So in October, we're actually doing a parade in the park. So the kids can come dressed as their favorite animal, character, superhero, whatever they want. This sounds like Halloween. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so with our, our event is always the last Tuesday of the month. And with it being so close to Halloween, we thought that we would do, you know, give the kids another reason to dress up and get out there and have fun. Um, and so we are going to be doing some activities in the front, in the park, I'm sorry. And um, they can come dressed up and get some treats. And with this, how will they learn about not using substances, alcohol. I mean, we're talking about alcohol specifically today. How will they learn that? So we will have information there for parents um, as well as conversation starters about alcohol. And it just gives them another opportunity to see how much fun you can have without needing to be drinking or any other substance. We really, at Janesville Mobilizing for Change, enjoy providing those activities where Kids and families and teens can come out and see, you know, this is what you can do and we don't, we can have fun and not have to have a substance. That sounds great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So what are the other activities you're working on? Janesville Mobilizing for Change has, does all these things that we've talked about in the community, but some of the behind the scene things that we've done is supported the separation ordinance in Janesville. And what is separation ordinance? So the separation ordinance is when you go into a store or a gas station, you will notice that the alcohol is separate from the rest of the store. You mean that it's just in a different place in the store or that it's in a different part of the store altogether? You have to go into a different room? What is that? They're in a completely separate area. So they have to go into a different room or a different entrance in order to purchase alcohol. Why does that make a difference? That way, there is somebody there that is watching just the alcohol sales. It is less likely for somebody to be able to get out of the store with alcohol, especially an underager, if somebody is assigned to just watch the alcohol in the store. Do you think that not having the alcohol in their sight also makes a big difference to the kids? Absolutely. If it's not right there in their face then they aren't, you know, likely as likely to think about it or want to grab it. Um, it definitely helps remove some of that pressure again. Kids see alcohol, I think, in a lot of the different things that they do, right? When they're watching TV, when they're going to softball games or whatever type of activity that they like to go to, they see a lot of alcohol. And I guess this would just be one place where they don't necessarily have to see it. Yes, absolutely. It's so normalized in our culture and especially in our area that it is, we're just really trying to support those activities and things that are going on to remove that pressure and that thought that, you know, we have to drink at every event in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Are you saying Wisconsin has a problem? Wisconsin might have a problem. <laughs> so... We just really enjoy, you know, putting that idea out there. 
So what other behind the scenes activities do you have? Or I suppose do you, things that you support? So we also sponsor law enforcement to attend trainings. Um, there's an alcohol policy summit that we um, help pay for police officers and law enforcement members to go to. And we just really try to help with education and training people to, you know, what to look for and what's going on with our youth specifically. You had mentioned post-prom and that it's your favorite activity. Can you just expound on that a little bit? Because it sounded like it was something you were really excited about and really passionate about. Yeah, so it's super fun activity. We get um, different sponsors and donors from throughout Janesville to help support this event. So we get a lot of different stuff to give away from restaurants and local businesses. And the kids help sell tickets and bring awareness to the event for each of the schools. So it's two weekends in a row. And they it's just a lot of fun. Prom can be one of the most na- dangerous nights in a teen's life in terms of drinking and other life-altering decisions. So this is a place for them to go where there's not going to be any drinking and there's going to be some supervision and they get to, we've done bowling for the last couple of years. So they've gotten to bowl and we keep the cost really low and it just has been a really fun, positive event where they don't have to go to a party and feel the pressures of drinking. So this is, I'm assuming it's right after prom, right? Yes. And it's a late night. It is a late night, <laughs> especially for this old lady. <laughs> um, so it usually starts at 11, and we run it until 1 o'clock in the morning. So um, we, it's just a really neat way for the kids to get to do something after prom, which I feel like is a pressure that they have. They don't want to just go home after prom. You're pretty hyped up and had a good time. All that dancing. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> so they come out and they can bowl and win prizes. And then they actually, um, because it's after their um, curfew, um, if you got pulled over after post-prom and showed them your ticket that you had been there, then that would get you to be able to go home without getting in trouble. So there's a lot of positive things that come out of attending our post-prom event. So if there was one thing you'd like to tell kids or parents or the community before you go, what would that be? I would tell parents to talk about alcohol. Keep the conversation going. Ask questions. Talk to your kids about what's going on with their friend group specifically. And to also be a good role model. Think about you know our actions in front of our kids and what we're teaching them through those actions. And if anyone would like to get involved in JM4C or in any of your activities, how could they get a hold of you? We love for people to get involved, and you can go to www.jm4c.org or call 608-741-2105. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today for Together for Change Sandy. And everybody listening, please stay tuned for our next episode and have a great day.